the Punk Priestess Podcast. I'm your host, Majori, and welcome to another episode of Magic Mondays. So first of all, I just want to thank everyone for listening, supporting, and loving the podcast. And I also want to thank Koji for being such a superstar guest. I appreciate it so much, everyone, and I'm over the moon and back that you really enjoyed the podcast so far. And also, don't forget to subscribe, rate, follow, and love the podcast on all platforms. Yeah, just thank you so much. I, I'm so happy that you love it. And yeah, before I get into the Magic Monday episode, I just want to go over some quick house cleaning. So on my shop website, I have a new shop policy section where you can read all about readings. You can read all about shipping information. So like anything you have a question on, you can go there and you can read my policy. And this just kind of helps me have less uh, traction of emails and DMs about certain things. And I was like, you know what, like this is a boundary for me. I want to make sure I have more time energy to use towards my magical stuff and, you know, not always, um, you know, answering emails about certain things. You can read my new shop policy if you have questions there. Um, so with that being said, let's get into the week ahead. So the major astrology of the week is going to be happening on Saturday, March 13th, when we have the new moon in Pisces at 23 degrees. And this is really interesting because it's the new moon is going to be in conjuncture with Venus, Neptune, and the sun that are all in Pisces right now. So what is a conjuncture? So a conjuncture is when there are two or more planets who are very close together in space, and it looks like they're about to collide. Even though they're not, <laughs> their orbits just look really close, like they're touching. So conjunctions happen when planets are in the same house and the same sign. So we have Venus and Neptune, both in Pisces. We have the new moon being in Pisces, and then we have the sun in Pisces because it's Pisces season. So conjunctures can either be good or bad, depending on how friendly or harmonious the planets are. So in this case, the conjuncture is actually pretty harmonious because we have Neptune and Pisces and Neptune is Pisces ruling planet. And Neptune loves being in, in Pisces. It's at home and Neptune being in Pisces until 2025. So that's very compatible. We have Venus um, in Pisces right now, and Venus loves being in Pisces because it's dreamy, it's spiritual, it's beautiful um, energy, very romantic, and yeah, it just, Venus also likes being in Pisces, and I personally have a Pisces Venus, so <laughs> very good energy there. Um, so that's really good, and then yeah, Pisces season of the sun and the new moon, you know, that's a strong spiritual and intuitive placement. So with this new moon, it's going to be a very powerful moment for us to fall into our fantasy, for us to envision more in our life. Like the theme for this new moon is envisioning more. And it's just a great time to really connect with our higher chakras, like our third eye and our crown. So crystals, I would recommend if you're doing a little bit of a ritual for the new moon, or you want to meditate or connect to certain crystals during this time, uh, I would suggest lapis lazuli and labradorite as being great crystals to use. Even purple fluorite is good in amethyst. Those are the crystals I would suggest to connect to those higher chakras. But yeah, I just feel like this new moon's message is to not forget to dream, fall into fantasy, 
And fantasy is where creation begins. And this world has been bogging us down by so much demand and you know, there's so much attention to, you know, the stimulus package that's trying to be passed and like all these other like crazy negative things that are happening. And it's like the news is like so negative. It sells on negativity, but it's like, you know, put shift your focus away from, you know, what's going on and focus on what can exist and can manifest in your life. We need to dismantle the patriarchal idea that daydreaming is a waste of time and it's bad because daydreaming is how we invent a new way of life. The patriarchy wants it to seem like it's not progressive, but it's because they want us to stay small and complacent and to be underneath their control. It's actually a very revolutionary act to daydream. So next Saturday, shut off the noise try to get comfortable in your space, hold some crystals or some spiritual objects, have a uh, notebook nearby, or even if you want to record yourself and just let your spiritual mind just flow. Like sometimes I'll just be in a flow state and I'll just start talking about things or having conversations like to my Jim Morrison (laughs) photo that's hung in my apartment. You know, it's just kind of like, you know, just like talking out loud to yourself and just like envisioning more or like even just laying in bed and just imagining the life that you want is how you can create um, that new future for yourself. And this all connects to Aries season because we need to dream in order for creation to begin in Aries season. And Aries season is going to be happening on March 21st. So this is all about preparation for a new beginning a new astrological beginning for the new zodiac year that begins in Aries. And there's a reason why Pisces and Aries are the most influential signs of the zodiac because Pisces is where everything comes to end and Aries is where everything comes to begin. That's why Chiron's transit is the longest between these two signs. And we currently have Chiron in Aries for the next five to six years. So it is a huge moment right now to really put our own individual dreams ahead of our agenda. It's like, this is a time for us to really get into the magic of who we are and to take action and instigate building that new future in Aries season based off of the sacred visions that we had during uh, Pisces season. And this new moon will really jumpstart that. Yeah, this conjuncture will also bring spiritual awakening, connecting to your higher self, a lot of fresh inspiration that will motivate you in the next weeks and months to come. So I do want to talk about another um, aspect to this new moon that is very fascinating to me, and that is the new moon Sabian symbol. So for those of you who don't know, Sabian symbols are incredibly interesting and just so uh, dead on to who we are as people, (laughs) as spiritual beings. And I'm just going to go into brief of what a Sabian symbol is. And like in the episode notes, there will be a link for you to do more research on your own of what Sabian symbols are, the history, um, how they were uh, developed, and you can find your own Sabian symbol. So Sabian symbols are given to you at birth and They are based after the 360 degrees of the astrological wheel. There's 30 degrees for each zodiac sign. So based on the time that you were born, you were given a degree based on the time and the location that you were born. And that degree is uh, your Sabian symbol. So for example, I was born on March 26th. 
and that would be considered six degrees Aries because it's six days into Aries. But depending on when you think Aries starts, either the 21st or the 20th, I personally um, was always under the teachings that Aries started on March 21st. So that's what I go with, which is why I identify more of my Sabian symbol being uh, at six degrees. But if you think that Aries starts on March 20th, which is totally fine, that would make my degree five, five degrees of Aries. So we pretty much have two degrees based off of the time of birth and the location and what you think um, an astrological sign when you think it starts. So everyone has uh, Sabian symbols. Every single day of the year is a Sabian symbol. And a Sabian symbol is like a little blurb that was manifested by Elise Wheeler, who was a clairvoyant. And she worked with Mark Edmund Jones, who is a noted American astrologer and spiritualist, to come together and create these Sabian symbols. So Mark always had the idea that he wanted to somehow immerse astrology and clairvoyance. And with his friendship with Elise, he was able to do that. So Elise is a clairvoyant who has the ability to see messages, images, and symbols. So she's part of the clair-seeing category. And... There's a lot of really interesting information out there about their relationship and how this started for them, how they created the Sabian symbols. But pretty much um, in a matter of hours, Mark had 360 flashcards pretty much (laughs) with each degree. And he kept on flashing them like really quickly through Elise. And as she saw the the degree, the Sabian symbol came to her mind like intuitively. And he says that she accessed like another matrix. Like she accessed another world to create these Sabian symbols, like some ancient matrix. And it is so incredibly true. How our intuition, we all have clairvoyant abilities. We all have a sixth sense, but it's either you develop and access it in this life or, you know, maybe another life you'll have the opportunity. But some of us are more in tuned than others, but we all have the ability to release um, our sixth sense. And Elise was very gifted and somehow connected to this ancient wisdom, which has given us the Sabian symbols today. So the Sabian symbols were developed, I think, in the 1920s or 30s but they weren't officially published to the public until 1953. So we really haven't had access to this knowledge for not even a hundred years yet. If you're into astrology, you're into conscious thinking, you're into spiritual spirituality and spiritual development, Sabian symbols are a way for you to really stay connected to um, who you are and what's going on in the world. Like I believe instead of pulling tarot cards every day, you should be looking at the Sabian symbol of the day. So a Sabian symbol, I'll read you my Sabian symbol. You can kind of get an idea of what a Sabian symbol is. And then I'll read the Sabian symbol for the Pisces new moon. Okay, so my Sabian symbol, and I'm looking this up on a website that I'll give to you. And there's different verbiage of it, but this is just like the more, I guess, accessible way to write what this means. Okay, so I'm going to read my Sabian symbols, which are between five to six degrees Aries and then six to seven degrees Aries. So the one I identify with the most um, is a man succeeds in expressing himself simultaneously in two realms. So I'll read the Sabian symbol again. So a man succeeds in expressing himself simultaneously in two realms. So what does the Sabian symbol mean for me? 
This saving symbol for me really identifies because I have immense success in being in two different worlds. So for example, I have a very successful full-time job and like in my career, and I also am very successful in my business. Like I'm able to maintain um, a very multifaceted life very successfully. Um, and that could be having a lot of different friend groups um, that are completely opposite of each other, um, having really strong relationships with multiple people in my life, and just being able to balance them very successfully and um, just very, it's very nonchalant for me. And I've always been involved in so much in my life. Like I was the captain of my track team, but I was also the president of the art club and I was on the honor roll in school and I was working a part-time job. Um, so it's just kind of like throughout my entire life, I was always involved in so many different things. And that is just how I live my life. I don't know how to live my life any other way. Like I have to be involved in a lot. And when I'm involved in something, I give it a hundred percent. Like I'm completely immersed in that. Throughout my entire life, people have always asked me, like, how do you do it? How do you, how are you able to do all the things that you do? And I really think it's because of my Sabian symbol. Like it's something inside of me when I was born and in like my being, my spiritual being here in this life um, has given me the ability to be um, immersed in multiple realms. So that's an example of my, of the Sabian symbol um, for six to seven degrees Aries. So my other Sabian symbol for five to six degrees Aries is a square brightly illuminated on one side. I'll say that again. So a square brightly illuminated on one side. What that means is that um, I also, a very positive nature, always kind of seeing the world as like the glass is always half full and finding creative solutions for like problem solving and you know difficult situations in my life i've always been able to find the positive outcome i've never been someone who's been like super dark and felt like i didn't have control so i always yeah it's just always finding uh and always maintaining a very pers uh, positive personality and being very strong in that pursuit that things will always get better despite the hardship also too um, looking for the light and thinking outside the box <laughs> as well. It's like thinking, um, you know, differently and, you know, thinking, putting one's energy um, first and not having the outside world kind of close in and like cave in and closing that box. Like there's always, the box is always, um, you know, going to be open on one side and illuminated on one side. That's an example of my two Sabian symbols that I feel are completely relevant to my life and just who I am in this soul. And in the show notes, you'll find the link and you can look up your own um, Sabian symbols. So jumping back to the Sabian symbol for the new moon in Pisces, that's happening at 23 degrees. Um, so I'll read it. So it's a tiny island seems lost in the broad ocean, but its happy inhabitants have created a world of their own. So read that again. A tiny island seems lost in the broad ocean, but its happy inhabitants have created a great world all their own. And this can have many interpretations like many Sabian symbols do, but I thought this was so fitting, which is why I wanted to talk about this today, because immediately as I read the Sabian symbol for the new moon, I just felt completely connected and that it was just so relative to the collective energy that's happening right now. So I feel like with this pandemic, we might feel lost. We might feel on our own island. The old way of life is as far away from the new normal as we know it. And, you know, a year from now, just think about a year from now, how much has changed and who you once were. 
but spiritually we're better off because of what has happened because of the pandemic because of how the world has changed in the structure we're spiritually better off even if we don't feel it even if we don't believe it we are and we might feel like we're on our own ocean right now but we're happy despite all the chaos that is going on like we still have to find hope no matter what and also it just shows, um, you know, being out of Aquarius and now into Pisces, like who has stuck with us during the most craziest year of most of our existence and like this crazy time in history? Who has stuck by us? Who's in our coven? Who didn't make it? Who wasn't supportive? Whose friendship or relationship did you break? Um, you know, seeing the true side of people. And it's okay to let go of certain friendships. It's okay to have yourself grow apart from people who are no longer um, connected to you and who no longer fulfill you. Like we have to keep on moving forward. And the gift and result of that is connecting and bonding with people who are on our same soul level, who are on our same vibration. And that's kind of the, the creating that happy island of the people who really matter most in our lives and who have been for, there for us. Also too, Aquarius collective energy emerging as we step into this new beginning of the Aquarian age. We're just in the beginning of the, of the Aquarian age and already so much has changed. People are coming together to make the world more diverse. You know, we're having more sustainable awareness and creating a, a more sustainable future understanding that we're all connected here together and trying to create safe spaces for marginalized groups, fighting for marginalized groups, supporting marginalized groups. You know, it takes a collective effort for change to happen. And even with government, Aquarius rules government, and a lot of changes have been happening in hands of power. And Yes, we still have a lot of work to continue to improve upon, but the world is becoming a more lighter place based off of the political climate that we're in right now. And of course, it's not going to happen overnight, but there is a little bit more sense of hope in the air that, you know, things, you know, have been dark for so long, they have to get better. That's just kind of what the Sabian symbol means to me, but definitely, you know, think about the Sabian symbol and kind of see what it means for you. And yeah, I think Sabian symbols are so cool and they're just so telling of who we are in this soul life. And I definitely, um, I want to talk more about Sabian symbols, but if you're curious about them and especially like if you're really into astrology, like Sabian symbols are for you. And it's so cool. Like I love looking at Sabian symbols and like even before I go to bed, just kind of seeing what the Sabian symbol was of the day and contemplating how that Sabian symbol came into fruition. And remember these things, <laughs> Sabian symbols have not been around for not even like a hundred years yet. Being able to implement that knowledge and stay consciously aware of what is going on around you and how energy works is just a way to elevate your soul and to elevate your uh, intelligence. So Sabian symbols are so rad and it's so crazy. Like even randomly, I'll just be like, what was the Sabian symbol of a couple of days ago? And it's just like, whoa, like that was, that happened or like that makes so much sense. So I don't know. I love Sabian symbols and I think it's something really fascinating and cool to uh, check out. Okay, so the tarot card of the week. I just want to say, I've been getting a lot of messages about, well, how do I start tarot? And um, I got a new deck. I don't know what to do with it. Or how do I like figure out a deck that is right for me? And on my website, I have some blog posts about tarot. And I have about choosing your tarot deck and 
kind of getting started into tarot. I also teach tarot classes and I'm going to be offering my classes again in a couple months. So definitely stay tuned because the way I teach tarot is related to astrology and numerology. So if you're interested in those things, uh, definitely look out for my class. So if that being said, a lot of people have asked me, you know, should I be pulling card tarot cards once a day to like learn the cards? And I used to stand by this belief and think that was the right way to learn the cards. And now <laughs> I think it's actually very detrimental and I don't support the practice of pulling tarot cards every day. Even as a tarot reader who has been reading tarot for so long, I find it really confusing and just not very positive to be, uh, and I find it very codependent to be um, pulling tarot cards every day. You have to let your energy marinate and kind of have like your own energy circulate. And sometimes when you're pulling cards constantly, it disrupts that flow. So definitely I feel that you should not be pulling tarot cards every day. You know, don't confuse yourself. And sometimes you just don't want to be so like in tune to your own energy. And that's totally fine. Like you're not a bad spiritual being for not wanting to like do shadow work or look at your own shit. Like it's actually, <laughs> you got to live your life. You know, you can't just be like all up in your shit. Like I personally, I don't read spreads for myself anymore. Like that's something I do for clients, but you know, sometimes I just can't be immersed in my own energy. I'm like, I need a break from myself. <laughs> that's what Netflix is for. <laughs> so it's kind of like, you know, let the world kind of, and like the universe kind of guide you to the cars. Don't feel like you have to have this codependent relationship with your decks because you know, you want your decks to work for you, not against you. Like you don't want to be scared of your deck, you know? So, um, the way I pull tarot cards is like, I pull a tarot card for the week and that's why I was doing these, uh, collectively for us. And, um, the deck I'm using is the way home tarot deck. That is my favorite deck to use for one card pulls and, it's available uh, from Everyday Magic, Bacara Winneter, and Autumn Winehurst. They created this deck, and they're just both beautiful souls. I love them so much. And you can purchase the deck um, in the link um, that's in the show notes. But it's an incredible deck, and that's the one I've been using for these weekly pulls. So that being said, the tarot card that I pulled for the week is the Two of Swords Upright. And the Twos in Tarot, this is about duality. This is about balance. This is about injustice or justice, balance and imbalance. And if you um, are familiar with the traditional illustration of the Rider-Waite-Smith card for the Two of Swords, it's a woman who is blindfolded and there's two swords crossing her. And behind her is water. It looks like maybe an ocean, like she's on the beach or something. And it's dark. It's like, it's either um, dusk and, or like, you know, early nightfall. With knowing the elements and the imagery and the Rider-Waite-Smith card, it can take you into what this meaning means. But I want to talk about how important it is to connect tarot to astrology because, yes, you can pull a card, right, and you see what it looks like depending what deck that you use, but you won't really get the full meaning until you really understand what's going on with the astrology happening around you and also your own personal birth chart. So since... Um, this is collective. I'm not getting my own birth chart involved, but I will talk about the astrology and how this connects extremely well to this tarot card. So talking about the elements, we have water and air because the sword suit, this is air energy. Air energy meaning this is Libra, this is Aquarius, and this is Gemini. 
water energy, meaning this is Pisces, this is Cancer, and this is Scorpio. So what signs are we in right now? We are in Pisces. What sign did we just come from? We just came from Aquarius. So right now, the Two of Swords is um, showing an imbalance of elements, of energy. We have air, we have water. We have air transmuting itself into water. Right now, with this element and with astrology, we have Mercury still in Aquarius. And Mercury is going to go into Pisces on March 15th. So we still have some time with this energy. Mercury just came out of retrograde in Aquarius. So a lot of information has been withheld from us. And so there is this imbalance um, of the emotional and the mental. So we can be stuck between a decision, be feeling like a little bit of confusion, like we can't see the full picture because of the blindfold. And also, funny enough, the Two of Swords was my first stalker card when I was learning tarot years ago, like many moons ago <laughs> when I was learning tarot, I kept on pulling the two of swords and a stalker card is when a card will literally not stop following you because its message is not being <laughs> resolved. So it's kind of like, pay attention to me. Like this is an issue you need to work on, or you need to pay um, more awareness to this. And I kept on pulling the two of swords at the time in my life. And I was stuck between a decision and the decision was my own. I'm um, trying to mentally and emotionally get my shit together. And once I decided to pick a side of the sword, pick a side of the scale, I was able to then clear up that confusion. And honestly, since that time, I never really pulled the two of swords. This is actually a rare moment for me to pull the two of swords, but it's just like cosmically, I surpassed that lesson for myself personally. So what does the two of swords mean right now in relation to astrology? Right now, a lot of us are still awaiting news from Mercury retrograde. Mercury is the messenger planet. Mercury rules communication. It rules short distance travel, encumbrance, communication. So, you know, with that being said, a lot of us are just getting um, news coming back to us now that Mercury is direct again. And we're getting news from other people because Aquarius rules the collective. So this is not our own decision making right now. This is other people deciding for us. And that's the crazy shit right there. And that's how the two of swords is working in our lives. Other people, <laughs> our whims are up to other people right now. You know, if you're waiting to get approved for something, you have to wait on other people, like an agency, if you're getting approved, waiting to get approved for um, like housing or something like that. If you're waiting to hear back for a job opportunity, uh, it's, it's based off of other people. Yeah, just, you know, any opportunity that you're waiting to hear back on or any results, other people are involved in that information being received to you. So there's a lot of unknowingness right now that's happening. And there's a lot of verbal and mental decisions that we feel that we are being blindfolded against. Like we just don't know what information is going to be come out, come out because it hasn't been revealed to us. But a lot of us are getting the information very quickly. Like, you know, now that Mercury can move, um, it's not being interrupted. I mean, it's still in a shadow until the 15th, but it's still like better than the retrograde. But a lot of us are now getting the news we've been waiting for, or we're on the precipice of getting that information, um, uh, of knowing that information. You know, just acknowledging and accepting that the information will come to you. It just might not be like when you want the information to come. You know, just take a little time. Just it's out there. It's coming. It's on its way. It's going to arrive. Like I know myself, I personally am waiting on some information and some news for certain things. And it's a lot of anticipation, but I know it's going to come regardless. I just can't control 
how it's going to come. And it's hard when planets are in the hands of others, when it's in the hands of Aquarius collective energy. It's hard because we want to be able to control our destiny. And we want to be able to control the news that we receive and get responses and get answers very quickly and get the information and communication very quickly. But, you know, sometimes we got to wait for the universe to give it to us when it, it wants to come, when it wants to arrive. So, you know, if that being said, just think about what you're waiting for. What are you waiting for? What news are you waiting for, for to come into your life? And how are you going to react when you receive such news? And how, what are you going to prepare um, for you know, receive the news. Like if you prepare for the outcome, um, it might make the news more acceptable depending on if it's positive or negative. And that way you can start planning some steps and taking action on some steps. So when Aries season come or comes around in the next couple of weeks, you'll be like, okay, I have a plan of action based off of the information that was finally given to me. And there's a lot of mixed feelings right now too, because a lot of us, um, you know, I feel like a lot of it has been hopeful, what I've been collectively seeing a lot of the news coming to fruition, like either a news of a pregnancy or a news of getting a new apartment or the news of getting a job offer. Like there's, you know, been a lot of great things happening um, to many people, but, you know, there's still a lot of limbo situations. And depending on where Mercury falls into your birth chart and what house can like also show, like you can look at your transit chart and see like what's going on personally if you're on astrology and when news will come to you, like what issues are happening revolving around communication in your Mercury. Like my Mercury is in Aries, so I got to look at my transit chart personally, but I might not get the news I'm receiving until Aries season. I intuitively um, am thinking that. So I might not get the news until um Mercury actually does go into Aries, so it's going to might be still a couple more weeks, but definitely, um, you know, just stay hopeful. Don't uh, get lost in disarray and fear. So that's the tarot card of the week. Okay, so instead of doing a crystal of the week, I want to do a new deck that I got. <laughs> so it's very rare that I connect with other tarot decks. I do have quite a bit of a collection, but I have like my main booze and... Um, I bought this tarot deck recently, like pretty much on a whim because I was so intuitively connected to it right away. And the new tarot deck that I got, it's called Our Tarot. So O-U-R Tarot. And this tarot deck actually came out September of last year. So it's kind of like a silent reveal, I feel like, because I, I never really heard about it until I found, uh, found it randomly when I was looking for um, some astrology dice, which I'll go into for another episode. But yeah, so I got this deck and it is so rad. So <laughs> our tarot, it's a tarot deck about women in history. And if you're into, if you're a feminist, if you're into women in history um, and just want like a really badass feminine deck, get this deck. It is so incredible. Like I feel like every woman or like however you identify male or female, you should be buying this deck. My grandma, like this deck is very personal to me because my grandma, she is a huge um, feminist and she's like one of my best friends. Like I love her to death. She's a Leo queen. And growing up, she always taught me about powerful women. And she has this program called Women in History. And still to this day, she goes around, uh, well, now she's doing it through Zoom, but she will go around um, the country and 
put on uh, programs and talk about women in history. Like she would portray different women in history. So she would um, dress up as them and uh, reenact um, as if she was that woman. And it was just so cool, especially like growing up. I just felt so much, um, so much pride and then just felt so inspired by her. And I'm just so blessed that I've had so many powerful women in my life. And my grandma is like one of them and like having the upbringing of being in a very feminist home. And uh, some of the women my grandma would do who are actually in this tarot deck, tarot deck is uh, Beatrix Potter. She would do Eleanor Roosevelt. She would do um, Sarah Emma Enwins. Um, those are some of the few that she would do. She has a list of women that she would do. And it also helped me growing up. And she had just, she has so much knowledge about different women. She's literally like a walking encyclopedia. Like my grandma knows everything. She's so cool. And um, among other things, <laughs> my grandma has inspired my life um, completely. And uh, yeah, she is, <laughs> she was just talking to me about um, doing uh, women, her women in history program now through Zoom. And she's in her 70s. And that's just so like badass. And how like when I get older, I want to still be doing like rad shit that I love in my 70s. Like <laughs> time does not stop for anyone. Um, but anyways, so this deck is, you know, really uh has inspired me so much based off of my grandma and, you know, my feminist journey as a woman of color and um, just like in general, like, I think this deck is just so rad. And if you're like into uh, tarot, if, like, of course, if you're into tarot and if you're into feminism, this is like the best deck for you. And the deck, um, it's not the traditional tarot size. It's a little bit smaller, but the cards are gold. And I love, it's like so crazy because the gold color of the back of these, uh, these cards was the same gold color I had on my walls in high school. Like my high school, my bedroom in high school had the same exact gold color. Like the universe is creepy. You guys, I'm telling you, like, <laughs> it is so creepy. Like the way the universe works and how things will come back to you from like your past lives. Like, cause literally like this is the same exact shade of wall paint I had in my bedroom growing up. And now it's like <laughs> the cover of uh, the tarot deck and, you know, these cards are women in history cards. And I grew up like with a bunch, uh, with my grandma teaching me about women in history. So it's just very nostalgic for me. And it just really feels like home when I have this deck. And it's women from all over the world, all different centuries. Um, and the cards are so cool. It's like collage art with the women's uh, like illustration. It's so rad. And it comes with a guidebook and the guidebook is really juicy. So it has, you know, the traditional tarot deck, 72 cards, but it has, um, every woman has like her own page and it talks about her and it's just so rad. And it has everyone from Josephine Baker to Wallace Simpson to Cleopatra, Harriet Tubman. Like it has like everyone in there. Um, and I mean, not everyone, but it has just so many women and like half of the women I never even heard of or knew about. So it's really cool for me because I get to actually learn more. And I love that. I'm going to have also in the episode links, the website for it if you want to purchase it i definitely suggest it it's also very reasonable and like the quality is amazing and i'm like okay <laughs> this was definitely not price right because it's too it's too good for this price um but definitely it's very affordable um so if you're interested i totally 100 percent recommend this deck i'm excited to start using it and um yeah so that's something that um is new for me 
so back to nostalgia. <laughs> so much nostalgia in this episode. It's kind of like crazy. That's like the theme of like this Magic Monday is like my own personal nostalgia. Sorry, not sorry. But um, the music of the week is I've been listening to the Marie Antoinette soundtrack. <laughs> that is like my main music I've been listening to. So Marie Antoinette came out, like if you haven't seen the movie, it's one of the best movies ever. Like I love Sofia Coppola who directed it. Kirsten Dunst is in it, like a bunch of other incredible actors. Um, even the fe- the band Phoenix is in there because Sofia Coppola is married to the frontman of Phoenix. So they're in there. Um, there's a lot of like really cool like insights about the movie. And I read Antonia Frazier, um, her biography on Rantanet. It's the most um, well-written and well-researched biography of Rantanet in the world. And Antonia Frazier, I mean, you have to Google her yourself. She's incredible. And it's just like, I can talk about her for days because I am like such a huge fan of Antonia Frazier. But um, she uh, wrote Rantanet's uh, biography and it's really thick. It's like super thick. I read it in college and it's huge, but it's so insightful. And she never said, let them eat cake. That was a lie. Like there's so much insight on Rantanet. She's so interesting. Also, she was a Scorpio. So <laughs> also really fascinating. Um, but you have to read Antonio Frazier's biography on Rantanet if you're interested in, in Rantanet and like knowing more about Versailles and everything. And the reason why, if you've read Antonia Frazier's biography on her, you would really understand the whole concept of Marie Antoinette and why Sofia Coppola directed it the way that she did. It's so beautiful. It's one of my favorite visual movies. And uh, Sofia Coppola was inspired by macaroons as like the film palette, color palette. So it's just so beautiful. The music is incredible. Um, the fashion's incredible. It's just like, you got to watch my internet if you haven't. Like I saw it when it came out in 2006 with my best friend, Michelle. And like ever since we saw it in theaters (laughs) together, that movie um, has changed my life. And the soundtrack has changed my life. Like I remember like right after the movie came out, I got the soundtrack on CD because yes, (laughs) that's how old I am. Um, I got it (laughs) on CD and there's two discs, disc one and two. And um, that album just opened up so many doors for me um and like music for me so definitely check it out it's on spotify spotify right now um if you want to listen to the album and you can check out the movie too i have it on dvd um (laughs) so definitely uh (laughs) aging myself there but yeah there's everyone from Susie and the banjis to new order gang of four Wow, wow, wow. The radio department, the strokes. Like those are some of the bands that are on the Brantonet soundtrack, but definitely check it out. It's so fucking good. And that's my music of the week. <laughs> oh, I did want to say that um, I have been listening to a lot of Billie Eilish because I recently watched her documentary on Apple Music. And you have to watch it. It's so inspirational because I remember when she won all the Grammys in 2019, I was like, okay who like, I need to know more about this girl in this process. And the documentary is so fulfilling because it does that. Like it shows you the initial conception of how this, her album, when we fall asleep, where do we go? Like, I just love watching the initial and development of albums. And it really shows you that process of like where it started and where it went. And it's almost three hours long. So it's very long of a movie, but definitely check it out. Yeah. That's my music of the week. Um, and yeah, I just want to say, um, you know, thank you so much for the love and, uh, 
I am open for tarot readings. So if you want a tarot reading with me, um, you can head to my website and you can purchase a tarot reading. Repeat clients, I have an, a special offering for you that's a little bit discounted. So definitely book a reading with me. It's going to be so fun and awesome. And um, also feel free to bring your birth chart to the reading. We can like go over your birth chart too as we pull some tarot cards. Um, I also do pendulum tarot readings. So if you are interested in connecting to your loved ones who have passed on the other side and your spirit guides, um, I combine tarot and pendulum readings as well. So I'm open for readings. Also, I um, have a lot of really rad merch on my shop as well. So if you want like some punk priestess swag, you know where to find it. Um, and I have some really cool projects coming this month that I can't talk about just yet, but <laughs> stay tuned um, on my social media to find out more about some of the stuff that I'm gonna be working on um, and launching in March. And yeah, stay tuned to the next episode. Um, I have Ivy is like the next guest and we have a really fun convo. She's Aries badass tarot reader. I think she's one of the best in the game and she's so wise beyond her years and definitely check out the interview um, after this episode. But thank you so much for all the love and support. You totally rock. I'll talk to you next week.